Hi guys, this is Tebow and welcome to the latest episode of my Tebow Music Weekly Podcast. Today, February 4th, 2020. Welcome to all you new listeners as well. It's great to have you on board. I hope you enjoy the show. So in the last few episodes, we've been talking about some really important aspects of breaking out of that confined space where most aspiring songwriters stay locked in for far too long. So if you've already tuned into my previous episodes, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But let me just give a quick executive summary for all of you new listeners joining this show. So most of my musical life, I've witnessed so many creative people with huge potential who get sidelined on their artistic journey for literally the most ridiculous, ridiculous reasons. And I'm here in these podcasts speaking from the virtual internet rooftops ah, to say it loud and clear, your creativity matters. And in each episode, I discuss a different aspect of those easily avoidable pitfalls that are just so common in an aspiring artist's formative years. And let me just assure you that those formative years can happen when you're 18 or when you're 80. I really honestly believe that 100%, right? Because that cliche of it's never too late is actually the best truth that you will ever understand if you're willing to hear it. So the common voice we hear around us, and I mean all the time we hear this kind of crap. No, you can't. Don't quit your day job. That is my favorite and least favorite. I don't know. Let's just say it's the most common one. That'll never pay the bills. We hear that all the time, right? All that means is you haven't been surrounding yourself with enough positive people. That's it. And it's on you to nix that and stop hearing the toxic monologue. Totally not their fault. It's on you to shut that negative stuff out and choose to surround yourself with positive people. Yeah, yeah my cat agrees. Just one or two positive people in your life. Pets can be positive, more positive than humans. I, I mean it. And I volunteer to be one of them, by the way, okay? Because we're not alone in this. You just need to seek them out. Because once you do, that's when stuff really starts to happen. Believe me. Okay, so back to the program. You know, I just get so emotional about this. It burns me up to see great talent go to waste. I hate that for no good reason either. And so that's why, that's what this show is all about, right? To talk about songwriting and falling love falling in love with the creative process, making it a routine where we as artists are willing to do the work. You have to do the work. There's no easy ride. Make incredible and memorable material and actually get it out there. So in this episode, I wanted to sort of continue on the same tack as last week because I was just talking to you guys in that show about truly embracing that idea, the idea that you are enough just you and your guitar, just you and your piano, just you and your voice, just you and your canvas, your chisel, anvil, whatever. You are enough. And so often people with talent, and there are many, many of you out there, they just drop it. You just drop it because of this false notion that, oh, I need a better guitar, or I need a better voice, or I don't have the tools, or I've been listening to this negative crap for so long that I'm starting to believe it. And that is absolutely not true at all. And that's why we need to be reminded sometimes of people like Neil Young. Terrible voice. Very sloppy player. Huge influence on millions of artists. Why? <laughs> because he had balls, and he didn't care what people think. Louis Armstrong, the great Satchmo. 
one of the most illustrious horn players of all time. But think about his voice for a minute. It's not the clarity or even precision of his voice. That's not what made him so great. It's his own incredible charisma, right, shining through that made him such an unforgettable talent. Being raised in the battlefield of New Orleans had a lot to do with that, right? His tenacity as well. So think that if ever you need to keep it real, you know, think of what you need in order to succeed. Yes, (laughs) the cats are part of the show today. So that's my segue to stay on target with this idea of doing more with less. If you've worked for a nonprofit or any company going through downsizing, or if you grew up in a family dealing with hunger or poverty, none of this is new. But for some of you, it may not really speak to you. Either way, when it comes to being a creative person, the notion of doing more with less is not only crucial, it can also be one of the most powerful tools in our entire creative arsenal. So one of my favorite examples of this is Tracy Chapman's song, Give Me One Reason. So if you remember that one, it came out in 95, and we all got taken to school a bit by this indomitable power of Chapman's simple, honest, pure, undeniable talent, basically. And here's this shy, soft-spoken songwriter who got the whole world to stop and listen to what she had to say. You know, you and your main creative instrument, that's it. You are enough. So making do with less goes a little further than that. There are a couple concepts that I find so important in songwriting, and that's where we get into some songwriting mechanics a little bit, namely tempo and rhythm. So how can we use these very simple yet powerful songwriting tools to our advantage? Well, the more you listen to great songwriters in detail, you start to notice these very subtle things happening in the inner workings of certain recordings. Before you get to the lyrics, the chords, solos, or any stuff like that, there is this notion of basic tempo. What is the right speed for your song? So let's take a modern example for this, like Louis Capaldi's Someone You Loved. Great song. So powerful. Just a guy in a piano and one hell of a powerful video. Just love that it's so raw and real with a relatable protagonist who is not some twerking 20-year-old. Anyway, I digress. Uh, So the actual tempo of this song, it hovers around 110 to 111 beats per minute. But if you play that song over a click track or a metronome, you'll find that Capaldi is not playing 100% on tempo. And thank goodness, because instead, you see that he is using emotion and context to slightly drive the song a bit, and just in a subtle way, It's a little bit faster at certain parts where it's really intense and then a tiny bit slowed down just to give it a tiny bit more room to breathe. (sighs) So powerful. Anyway, so that subtle control of tempo that makes this hit even more powerful. So essentially using a click track on a song like this would almost kill it. Honestly, because that small variance in tempo throughout makes the song feel more alive. And if you know what the song is about you'll fully appreciate why that matters. Now let's flip that around and talk about a song that does have a more regular tempo. So early on in my channel reboot, I did an Eagles cover, Best of My Love. And so here's a song that we all know very well. But I have a challenge for you. If you know the chords a little, go pick up your guitar or 
you know, go sit at your piano for a second and without listening to the original, without listening to the original or my version for that matter, just take a moment to strum out the rhythm for like a minute and see if you can find what you think the actual tempo of the song is just from memory. Now go ahead. I'll wait. (laughs) Just kidding. But if you did pause and actually do it, bravo, man, I like you. So basically the real track is much slower than what you played. Unless you're like in an Eagles tribute band and you unfairly nailed it, like at 100%. (laughs) But yeah, tempo at work right there. And the discipline of this incredibly talented band, showing not only restraint, but exercising the absolute importance of giving more to a song by using a bit less. No need to rush. Just let it simmer there at a nice relaxed tempo and fill it up with delicious production value. Okay, so next episode, we'll talk more about this kind of stuff. But in the meantime, take some of your own songs and revisit them a bit and think about whether or not they would benefit from maybe removing the click click track at certain parts or maybe just slowing everything down a little bit to let the song breathe. Lots of power that can be infused into your music just by changing that one simple element and making your music that much better. All right, so in the category of what's coming up for Tebow, so in case you didn't catch the very important announcement I made in last week's episode, there are now five weekly videos being published on my YouTube channel. I know, it's crazy. Essentially, breaking down the the behind-the-scenes making-of process of this all-new original rock album that I'm making here in the Project Studio, which has grown like in a short amount of time, this studio has really become a working studio now. So it's a video starting Wednesday for drums, Thursday for bass, a Friday video for guitars, because you should always play guitar on Friday, a Saturday, a video focused on the vocals, and then Sunday is all about mixing and production. So each week you get a little dedicated glimpse into each part of the journey, right? As all of the songs edge closer to completion, which means that when everything is said and done, guys, you and I are going to know each of these songs and this entire album from the ground up. All right, so it's time for me to wrap this up. And again, thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Be sure to check in every week for a brand new episode of this Tebow Music Weekly Podcast. And remember, your creativity matters. Don't lock it up. Get it out there and let the world hear you. Wear your passion everywhere you go. I'm Tebow. I'll catch you in the next episode.